There's one thing we can do to make life sweeter, even joyful, and even glorious. We can be grateful. That is the voice of Dieter F. Uchtdorf. And this is Stacy Julian with episode 39 of Exactly Enough Time. Did you know you can choose to be present? You can as well as curious, playful, and connected to the people, places, and things you love most. This is your one glorious life. You have stories to tell, and you have exactly enough time. Hello, hello. Happy Thursday. Thank you for listening. Dieter F. Uchtdorf, or Elder Uchtdorf as I call him, sits on the presiding councils for my church, and he gives memorable talks in general conference, like the one he gave back in April of 2014, all about being grateful in any circumstance. I'm not going to lie. I happen to love his German accent too. Okay, so a little later in today's episode, I will let you hear a bit more of it. So, tis the season to be grateful, right? Halloween is next week, lots of candy, and then Thanksgiving, Christmas, and other important holidays are just around the corner. I definitely want to talk about gratitude I promise I didn't plan this, but real quick, like, you guys, I am so grateful to you for the incredible response to last to my last episode when I asked for iTunes reviews and SpeakPipe messages. You totally delivered. I am blown away and so appreciative. So thank you. Thank you. If by chance you are listening to this episode on the day that it is released, then you still have a few hours in which to avail yourself of an opportunity to win everything in the Story by Stacy collection. That is everything that I have created with Close to My Heart and their brilliant designers and team. These products are all about helping you understand where your memories live, how to access them, and how to organize photos and memories into awesome stories. Okay, so I was on a walk one day late summer-ish, coming down off the hill above my house, earbuds in, listening to a podcast, and I saw some motion off to the side and heard this little voice like I could see something approaching me and so I turned and I saw this little girl it's very early in the morning and she has this awesome flyaway blonde hair illuminated by the sun that's coming up behind her and I'm thinking to myself what is she doing outside so early right but she was talking to me as she approached so I quickly pulled out my earbuds and I said good morning and she squealed with delight (laughs) you know, like, hi, you know, and I'm thinking her mom doesn't know she's outside. I'm pretty sure her words just came spilling out over each other. And I couldn't make out anything that she was saying. 
So I got a little closer and I said, say it again, say it again. She then said, you have to look at my new house. It's so pretty. I said, oh my goodness, you're right. It, it's, this is the prettiest house I've seen. And I love your toys too. There were several toys like in a sandbox and spread out across the, the lawn. And I said, have a good day. And she just giggled and turned around, turned around and ran off. <laughs> and I just stood there kind of dumbfounded. I put my earbuds back in and I started to walk. And then, and then I stopped and I was like, that was stunning, right? I decided to slow my pace and pull my earbuds back out and just be present for a minute and just think about that beautiful little creature and what she said to me. You have to look at my new house. It's so pretty. <laughs> and I thought to myself, why, why don't I do this? Why don't we do this? Like, like, where did that delighted, grateful beyond expression little girl go? Right? The one that lives inside of me. Why don't I invite her out more often? Why don't I see a fellow traveler and stop them just to point out the incredible goodness and beauty that is a part of my life or around us? And how do we capture that again? And how do we keep that with us? Right? How do we practice? How do we make gratitude an ongoing practice? Well, here's an idea. I think that we could start with your toilet. <laughs> I bet you didn't guess that that was going to be the next sentence out of my mouth. A toilet? Yes, a toilet. I am sure that you know that King Louis XIV lived in Versailles, that he created Versailles. But think about it. He relieved himself in the morning in a chamber pot. Okay, just for fun, Here's some Versailles numbers for you. It, it is a 700-room palace. There are 2,150 windows, 5,000 pieces of furniture, 1,250 chimneys, 67 staircases, 6,000 paintings, 2,100 sculptures, and 800 hectare or 2,000 acre garden with 12 miles of roads, 200,000 trees, 1,400 fountains and waterfalls. There's only 607 of them that remain today. 300 statues, vases, and busts that decorate the paths and exactly zero toilets. If you have a toilet, you are living better and more cleanly than 99% of all humans who have ever inhabited this planet. In fact, if the more than 7 billion people that live on earth today were just 100 people living in a village together, then 14 of them would not have a toilet. I'm certain that you are aware that in our very modern, fast-paced, uber-connected, and high-tech world, there are still nine out of our village of 100 
that do not have access to clean drinking water. So I first came across the concept of a village of 100 back in 2011 when I online found a small website that was part of Toby Ng's graduate work. So Toby is now a graduate of Central St. Martin's in London. He is a graphic designer and he practices his craft in, or he has practiced, I should say, his craft in London, Singapore, and now is settled in Hong Kong. Um, he now has his own design firm. He specializes in graphic design and brand identity, and Ng is really good at what he does. Um, I'm very curious about design in general, have been for many years, but Ng is, he's given some TEDx talks and I just love, he has a brand new website and I'll link to it in the show notes, but he rigorously, say that word again, rigorously (laughs) tackles design challenges with wit and aesthetically meaningful communications. Just he illustrates, puts things into illustration so that we can understand them more difficult concepts. He helps you see them and understand them. And I love that. So I found back in 2011, these awesome posters that Toby had designed and um, they illustrated the prevalence of certain categorizing criteria in our world. Like, you know, how many people speak certain languages and how many people have electricity and how many don't and how many people have a college education. And you've probably heard something similar to this before. But at the time, you could print these posters. Um, They were available as a free download. So I totally downloaded them, printed them, and put them just in a binder um, to keep at home as a resource for helping my children better understand exactly what they, what we have. Because we can so easily take what we have for granted if we're not careful and not intentional. So... More recently, I found a super cool video on YouTube, and it's by Canova Academy. I hope I'm saying that right. But Canova is um, is an online academy, and I love where education is going these days, right? The, the, it pulls together students from all different countries and helps them learn together and solve together some of the big problems that our world faces. So I'll link to that video as well in the show notes. So drinking water toilets, multiple pairs of shoes. If these are things that you have ready access to, you are living the dream. You are very privileged. And I know that you most likely know this. Um, I don't even know. (laughs) I don't even know if I should share this, but too late now. Um, My husband actually gave me, if not last Christmas, the Christmas before that, you know what he gave me? A new fancy toilet seat right? <laughs> Just in case you are on the hunt for a gift for that person like me that, that has everything. You can upgrade your toilet, but I'm, I am not kidding you. This thing is amazing. It's heated and it has a number of other very impressive features that um, didn't, I didn't even know were you know, possible or available. So there are things that you can do to upgrade those most basic necessities that we now take for granted. I have learned or should more accurately say I am learning from my life coach, Jody Moore, that circumstances are always neutral. That it's always our thoughts about circumstances that create, in many cases, the drama that we love to marinate in. 
So in any given circumstance, there is likely a story that we tell ourselves. I speak from personal experience. Perhaps something along the lines of, that is so unfair, right? And then with that story that cycles through our mind, our brain does what our brain does best, which is seek out evidence to substantiate our conclusion. But in reality, we actually get to decide how we want to think and feel about any circumstance. We can choose to be grateful no matter what. So last week, I shared a little of my health journey, my journey to healthier, which I am now, looking back, super grateful for. But I'll tell you what. There were days and weeks and months when I just plain felt sorry for myself. I mean, what had I done to deserve this? Why were answers not forthcoming? Haven't I always tried to be happy and work hard? There were some pretty impressive pity parties, pity parties, trust me, going on. One day on Instagram, when I needed it most, I came across a quote by David A. Bednar, and it says, The most meaningful and spiritual prayers I have experienced contained many expressions of thanks and few, if any, requests. So I thought about that and I thought, what have my prayers been sounding like? (laughs) Not expressions of thanks, right? So I decided that I could probably try and change up my prayers that night and rather Then reminding God, my Heavenly Father, how miserable I was, because doesn't he know, right? Maybe I would just offer a prayer of gratitude. And the result, as you might expect, was pretty significant. And I was left in a puddle of tears. It was a little uncomfortable at first, but as I kneeled there and opened my prayer, I began to see some of the good in my circumstance, that I was alive, that I could still go on walks outside, that I had access to books and information, even if it felt endless and overwhelming, that I had professional advice and that I was slowly eliminating what wasn't going to work for me, and that I had sisters to call on the phone and complain to, and that I had work colleagues who were understanding And that whether I liked it or not, I did have the ability to change how I lived and what I ate. That I even had choices. I had well-stocked supermarkets within a couple miles of my house. I have ready access to healthier food and recipes. And I certainly, trust me, didn't pray like that every night. But it did, with practice, make a difference to me. So I I am super grateful to parents that taught me by example how to pray. That you start, you open your prayer, you know, you address God. In my case, I like to say, you know, Heavenly Father. And then there's there's four steps. There's open your prayer. And then there's number two, thank him. Number three, tell him what I or you desire and need. And then close in the name of Jesus Christ. So do you think that there's some wisdom in the order of that four-step process? 
that thanking God comes before asking him for the things we need. There's actually a scripture that says, thou shalt thank the Lord thy God in all things. So clearly there is great wisdom in that order that we start with gratitude and then move on to the things that we are still hoping for and desiring. Because again, when we're not mindful, right, in in this amazing world that we live in, it's so easy to slip back into the mode of, yeah, everything is great. I mean, it's all good and fine, except, you know, it would be a little better if, you know, such and such would happen or if this little thing would change or if this next phase of my life could hurry up and get here. So this is where I want to share a story from Elder Uchtdorf's talk. There's an old story of a waiter who asked a customer whether he had enjoyed the meal. The guest replied that everything was fine, but it would have been better if they had served more bread. The next day, when the man returned, the waiter doubled the amount of bread, giving him four slices instead of two. But still, the man was not happy. The next day, the waiter doubled the bread again without success. On the fourth day, the waiter was really determined to make the man happy. And so he took a nine foot long loaf of bread, cut it in half, and with a smile served that to the customer. The waiter could scarcely wait for the man's reaction. After the meal, the man looked up and said, good, as always, but I see you're back to giving only two slices of bread. He goes on to say, to remind us that we can choose to limit our gratitude based on the blessings that we feel we lack, or we can just decide to look for the blessings that are available to us in every situation, and especially in situations that are difficult and challenging. So there's a scripture in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, and it's two words long. Ready? Rejoice evermore. Okay. <laughs> it's really easy to skip over that one. I, in fact, never noticed it. I never noticed the scripture growing up. But I did notice it all of a sudden when I was on my mission and I was reading the New Testament in German. And perhaps you've listened to my episode on languages and learning but reading in a new language can be very enlightening as words and phrases can have very different or unexpected meanings or translations. Okay, so the scripture in German, Auf Deutsch, reads, Freut euch zur jeder Zeit. So it's a verb, sich freuen. Okay, that's, that's the verb. It's a reflexive verb. And I remember that from, from learning German, but I did just have to stop and look it up so I could tell you what a reflexive verb is. It's a verb that's accompanied by a reflexive pronoun. Okay, so this verb construction is used when a person performs an action to or for himself or herself. Okay, so in other words, the subject of the verb and the direct object of the verb are the same person. So I wash myself, right? So in German, this scripture that just says in English, rejoice evermore, in German is this 
reflexive verb, and it translate at, translates as make yourself happy at all times. Okay, that to me means something totally different than rejoice evermore. All right, super grateful for Bible translators, <laughs> but that is not even the same meaning. Make yourself happy at all times. That's in a letter from Paul to the people in Thessalonia. Is that right? Thessalonica? <laughs> anyway, that's really good advice. Learn to make yourself happy in every situation, in every circumstance. That's what I think gratitude really is. Gratitude is a combination of, it's a worshipful thanks, right? It's an acknowledgement of something bigger and greater than yourself. So it's an awareness of there's something outside of you going on here. And you have the ability to be responsive and be responsible for yourself in every situation, in every possible circumstance. That's the kind of gratitude I, Stacy, want to practice. That's probably like reflexive speaking <laughs> when I talk to myself. That's the kind of gratitude I want to practice headed into November this year, okay? And so I have three ideas. I have three ideas, um, things that I think we can do for ourselves and for our families and those that we love to to keep ourselves in this practice of being grateful. Okay, so number the first idea builds on this idea actually of foreign languages. Not long ago, my family watched on Netflix a show called The Grand Hotel. So this is a show that's actually in Spanish. So you have to read, if you speak English, you have to read the subtitles. So this was fun because my son Taft absolutely loves the Spanish language. And I knew if our family watched this show together, he would come watch the show with, with us. And so it really was a fun thing. And we did it for the probably the last half of summer. We all watched The Grand Hotel. Well, obviously, as you're listening to a show in Spanish, for me anyway, most of the words, I don't understand them. They go right over my head. But there are key words like... Gracias, right? Por favor. Um, and then I learned Donata. So por favor is please in Spanish. Gracias is thank you. And Donata is you're welcome. Now we were listening to the kind of Spanish that's actually spoken in Spain. So gracias is actually gracias. <laughs> but anyway, so for a long while after watching this show, you know, Taft or Addie or Jeff would do something for me and I would say gracias. And then we would giggle because we would think of that shared time together. But this is the thing. Addie and I have continued to do it, you know, every now and then. She'll say gracias to me, and I'll say Donata, and back and forth. And every time I say those words, please, thank you, you're welcome, in another language, I feel like it slows my brain down a little bit. And I just, you know, just for a fraction of a moment, I'm like, I'm saying thank you. I'm more aware that I want to express, you know, thanks to you. Gracias. And then, you know, to respond to that, de nada. So here's my first idea. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my first idea is make a list of those words that we use to express and to acknowledge gratitude. Make a list of them in like three or four different languages. So you could do French. 
you know, si vous plaît and merci, and you could do Spanish, you could do German, which is, you know, bitte is please and danke schön or danke sehr. Um, and then when, when someone says danke to you, you say bitte back, actually, or you say kein problem. So look up some, some different languages that maybe your family loves. Um, I'm going to look up Korean because Addie is from Korea and I'm going to repractice and we've learned some of these words already, but I want to, I want to post them on my kitchen cupboard and just have a week. Like for the first week of November, we are all going to say, please, thank you. And you're welcome in German. And then the second week, Korean, because I think it's going to slow us down and make us a little more right? Just cognizant of what we're asking for with the requests that we're making and then the gratitude that we want to express to the other person and then how to acknowledge that. That's kind of a cool idea, right? I think so. Okay. Idea number two, speaking of posting things to your kitchen cupboards, just post a piece of paper that just says so grateful for and I'm actually going to use, I have like a little easel that has a, you know, um, chalkboard on one side and I'm going to bring it downstairs and put it in the corner and just write on it. So grateful for, and then I want, and you could do this with a bulletin board, with a pin board, just create an area, a gratitude space in your home and bring everybody together and say, whenever you have a thought, right? Something, you recognize something as being good. Here's a stack of post-it notes or here's some push pins or here's chalk. And let's just everybody collect things that we're grateful for. You could do this on little pieces of paper and drop them into a jar. There are lots of ideas like this on Pinterest, but I love the idea of creating a space, a place where your family can contribute different members. You could do it at work in the break room. You could make this happen wherever you are, wherever you spend time during the month of November. And then at Thanksgiving, and I love to go around the table and say what we're thankful for, but how fun to actually read then these things that have been recorded, documented over the course of the weeks leading up to Thanksgiving. Okay. That's idea number two. And my third idea is one that will have great appeal to those of you that have been scrapbookers or are um, scrapbookers and storytellers, because I truly believe that the more we can document the things that we're grateful for, that is makes, that's some of the best storytelling that you can do. I, for example, am so grateful. October, by the way, is family history month. Um, I wasn't planning on saying this, but here we go. <laughs> I have just been thinking a lot about my ancestors, great, great, great grandmothers and grandfathers who made decisions about faith and family and where they live and changed their lives. And they were in a mode of survival most of the time. But because of the choices they made and the sacrifices they offered, I, I live where I live today. And I'm so grateful for that. And I have the faith that I, that I have and I love and appreciate. And so I just, you know, think about people that have come before and think about telling some of those stories and maybe tell some of your own stories, difficult decisions that you've made or sacrifices that, that you very intentionally made so that you could further your own education or change something about the way that you live that will benefit not only you, but will benefit, you know, those that will follow you. Um, in your in your family tree. That's an amazing gift. Those are some of the best kinds of stories that I love to find and to share with my children from my own ancestry. 
But, okay, here's what I was going to say. Along those lines of just telling stories and documenting what we're grateful for, my friend Kathy Zilski has developed a practice that she does every Thanksgiving. It's 30 Days of Thankful. I'm going to link to it in the show notes, and I've even invited her to just tell us all a little bit about this. It's a class slash online community slash something you can do on social media. I mean, it has it's super flexible how you can actually practice it and how you can share it with others. So I'm going to turn a little time here over to Kathy. 30 Days of Thankful is an exercise I do every November as a way to create a tangible record of all the good stuff in my life. If there's one thing I've learned over the years, it's that when you take stock of all the things in life to be thankful for, from a hot cup of coffee every morning to kick off your workday, to a simple text from your daughter that says, hey mom, thanks for picking up my pine nuts at Target, to simply having a warm bed to sleep in every night and food on the table every day, you'll find yourself looking for more of the good, however small, however big, however in between. I believe that gratitude changes attitude, and I work every day to be mindful of all that I have so that I don't waste time on yearning for things that I don't. Life is a gift, and this project connects me to that fact, not just for November, but for every day of the year. So well said, yes? Gratitude changes attitude. I love Kathy. I love this practice that she has created and then so generously shares with all of us. So let's review, okay? Grateful. You want to be more grateful? Number one, use those words, those how to be polite words. Please, thank you, and you're welcome. Use them in a different language. Do it for a whole week and see if just by using those words in another language, you slow down a little bit your autopilot right mode and you think to yourself, wow, please do this for me and thank you. And I really appreciate that, right? And you're welcome. I think that can make a huge difference just in our daily attitude of gratitude, like Kathy says it. Number two, let's create a space for everybody to contribute to, whether it's a piece of paper or a chalkboard or a pinboard or whatever. And I want to see your ideas. Share them with me and tag me somehow. And then number three, consider joining Kathy in this effort, this movement, this 30 days of thankful. And again, I'll link in the show notes. You can just visit kathyzilski.com on your own and learn more about it if you're not already participating. Let's tell some very thankful stories as we head into the holiday season this year. I am so thankful for you and to you, for listening and for the wonderful ways in which you have responded to the request that I made last week. Now, I have a speak pipe message for you. It's actually one that I've had for a few months and it's interesting, it's perfect for today, I should say, because this is Lorna and she's actually commenting on the episode where I interviewed Kathy Zilski. Okay, so here we go. Hi, Stacy. This is Lorna Schreck, and I just had the joy of listening to you and Kathy discuss uh, parenting scrapbookers. And uh, one of the things that I thought of was a conversation and an introduction that you gave to um, 
your students about Courtney Welsh and she brought in scrapbooking your faith. And uh, so I would be curious to know if you have stayed in touch with her. And um, for those of us that don't have children, this is an area that has become more important to me as I've gotten um, closer to the, the end instead of the beginning of my life. But I, I was curious about the Courtney Welsh um, now that she's uh, more of a prolific novel writer and um, hadn't given a lot of thought. But as I listened, I was trying to think of what are the things people without children scrapbook about? And um, that's my thought. Thank you for listening. And thank you for being out here again where I can find you. It really feels good. So there are a number of reasons that I love that comment from Lorna. Number one, Lorna has been a longtime student of mine um, back in the big picture classes days. I love that she talked about documenting faith and that she remembers one of our very excellent teachers, Courtney Walsh. I have reached out to Courtney and I hope to have her on the show sometime soon. But this is such a great thing to think about scrapbooking your faith and certainly the gratitude that grows out of your faith. These are all of the kinds of topics and stories that I'm trying to encourage you to think about in today's episode. This is the time of year to really hone in on those those core values that you hold dear and to let them influence your actions and your thoughts and your stories this month. You guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Lorna for that message. I look forward to playing other SpeakPipe messages that you send me. And I'm going to wrap up with a quick iTunes review. This is an older one, but so good. Thank you so much, Afay50. She says, I don't know how I heard about your podcast, but I love listening to them. I just caught up. Now I have to wait for next Thursday. The episode on the five stories was amazing. I loved the playlist episodes too. Thank you so much for that great review and for your messages. I hear you and I am grateful. Go have a fantastic week. Good luck with all of your Halloween and holiday prep. I'll be back next week with another episode of Exactly Enough Time 